Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. As always, I'm your host, David. Today I'm riding solo, but I've got a good service, public service announcement for everyone listening to this podcast, whether you're a parent, a young adult, a teenager, or even an older kid, listen up. This is just for you because this is not one of those unique situations um, that I'm going to be talking about. This is something that I think is, um, well, I don't think, I truly believe, and I know from my own life experience, it's something that's valuable for everybody. And I was inspired to do this episode based upon a podcast I was listening to earlier this week and based upon something that this gentleman said. And when he said it, I was like, yes, that's exactly what I've been coaching and helping my clients do for many years. I just never articulated it um, as well as this gentleman did. So I'm going to tell you what it is that I heard and why I thought it was so important, why I wanted to give you a little public service announcement for this. Um, But before I do that, I want to tell you um, a little, set it up a little bit. So the gentleman was talking about um, our, our wealth is not like necessarily our money, um, our money, how much money we have, that's part of our wealth. But he was talking more like um, all the valuable like assets, uh, not assets, all the valuable characteristics, talents, and all the things that are so valuable that that's how we make money, right? So it could be our, our charm, our charisma, our problem solving ability. These are all part of our wealth. Like this is part of our wealth. And so what he said was, he goes, said uh is the best place to store your wealth is in your reputation and i was just like very well said very well said i've been preaching from the rooftop especially to older teenage boys teenage not teenage but uh young adult boys i I do with girls too but it seems to be a common topic with boys especially and what i tell them all the time is hey do not play with your reputation, man. You better take that serious. You do not want to act like you can just throw that all around. Like it's no big deal. Like I can make some mistakes here. No one's going to notice. You know, I'll show up for late. Uh, I'll show up late for work, you know, every other day, but it's not every day. So, you know, no, no one's going to catch on or I'll lie a little here. I'll cheat a little here. I'll steal a little. I'll manipulate. I'll take advantage. I'll I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have some bad things that I do to people, but I'll dismiss it. I won't apologize. I won't really be that accountable for things because other people aren't perfect either. So I don't need to be perfect. I tell these young men, your reputation is very fragile. It's hard to build it. And once you have it, it's hard to keep it. But if you can build a good reputation, if you can figure out some things that you can do to add value that, um, to other people's lives and make their lives easier and better, then you're going to find yourself having a lot more opportunities. You're going to find yourself in, you know, being able to level up in your career, being able to learn things, being able to work with people that don't typically work with other people, but because your reputation um, is, is has been so good that they're going to consider or possibly even work with you. That's why the old saying says, you you know, your reputation precedes you. And what that means for the young listeners is that you, before someone even knows you, let's say a dating situation. If a girl, if you go to a girl, Hey, I think your friend's cute. Like hook me up, hook me up with her. Like, you know, introduce me to her. She'll be like, Oh, okay. I'll, you know, I'll talk to her. I'll talk to her. 
what she goes and says to her friend is going to be based upon what she thinks of you. Just because you want her to put in a good word for you, she may say, hey, I know this guy he said he wants me to get your number. He wants to talk to you. He's a friend of mine. So, oh, yeah, well, what's he like? Oh, you know, he's, I mean, he's, I mean, I mean, he's good looking. He's attractive. I mean, he's pretty nice, but, you know, he's kind of got the reputation of just like wanting to hook up with girls and like, you know, he just, he's like really charming stuff, but like, uh, I don't know, like, he, you know, he's cheating on his last girlfriend, this, and that, and the other. Before this girl even meets you, she met your reputation. And if your reputation ain't good, chances are she ain't going to want to meet with you. And if she does meet with you, she's going to meet with you with her guard up. A little, give me those skeptical hippo eyes, skeptical hippo eyes, kind of that, that side eye, like, eh, I don't know about this guy. So going back to the statement, the best place to store your wealth is in your reputation. The way I take that and the way I want you guys to take that is that if you build a reputation, you will have a foundation for allowing yourself to explore new ideas, try new things, even make mistakes every now and then, and people will not dismiss you. They will not abandon you. Well, they'll be less likely to dismiss you and abandon you. They'll be less likely to go, oh, this, you know, this person, they're, they're not serious. You know, they're, they're, they're just messing around. But if you have a reputation that precedes you, it's like, wow, this person has a great reputation of being on time, if it's a job, of course, or maybe in dating, you know, hey, you know, all of his ex-girlfriends, you know, he's got a couple exes, but they all speak kindly of him, speak nicely of him. It wasn't a dramatic breakup. He's not a, a dramatic guy. He's, he's not one of those guys that's only trying to hook up with girls or, or, you know, just trying to play lots of girls at the same time. Like he's actually got a really good, you know, he's got a really good track record. That's going to open up more doors for you than anything else. Let other people sell you for you. If you have to be your own best salesman, you're going to look like a fool. If you have to sit there and say, hey, my name's Dave. I want to tell you about how amazing I am. You know, I'm kind of a big deal. People like me. All you Will Ferrell fans out there know what I meant by that one. That's not the move. That's not what you want to do. In fact, I remember as a young man, you know, meeting someone, I remember this one girl, uh, my friend, a girlfriend of mine, she introduced me to this girl and I was like, hey, my name's David. And I was like, and I just started doing all this pressured speech, which means I just started talking and telling her about all these amazing things about myself. And she just kind of looked at me. It's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Didn't say a single word and looked at me and she's like, okay, well, that's great. I'm sorry. What was your name again? And I realized at that moment, like, oh my gosh, that was a bad first impression. Instead of playing it cool and say, hey, my name's David. What's your name? I didn't even ask her what her name was. I just said, nice to meet you. And she's like, boom, 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 boom. She's like, just getting hit like a boxer, like just standing there, just getting hit in the face with all my stupid male ego and all the things that I, was, I thought would make a girl impressed. Needless to say, she turned down the opportunity to go on a date with me. After we met, I was like, oh, yeah, well, that, was, that was pretty good, maybe, I think. I asked her friend. I go, hey, you know what she think about me? She's like... Uh, she said she's not interested. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? She's like, she said she, she thinks you probably like yourself a lot and you, you could probably go on a, a date with yourself. And I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. I'm like, dang it, I like this girl. That would have been the exact type of girl I would have dated, but she's not going to date that type of guy because my reputation preceded me, aka it met her. Even though I met her, it was a bad impression. But just off of that reputation, she got that impression she got from me. All the nice things my friend did say about her up front 
I actually met her while she was at her work. So it wasn't like we got to hang out. It just went in there to, you know, to, to meet her and met her at her work, didn't go well. And obviously my reputation after that point with her went down. So store your wealth in your reputation. Parents, if you have a reputation of being nitpicky and you have the reputation of being very naggy and always on your kids asking tons of questions, first step, go back and listen to my episode called Statements Versus Questions. It's the Light the Fight episode. And in that episode, you'll learn, do not get the reputation, or if you have a reputation of being that parent who's always questioning, always asking tons of questions, you're going to make it really difficult for people to want to come tell you things because you're going to look like a person that may not be able to handle the truth because someone who's asking lots of questions is very like, what'd you do? What happened? Is everything okay? They're panicky. They're freaked out. Your kids are going to have a hard time opening up to you and trusting that you can handle heavier information if little things you're constantly questioning them about and interrogating them about. So for all you parents out there, if you got the reputation of being like that, work on changing that. Use more statements. If, you have, if you're the parent that has a reputation of being on your cell phone all the time, lots of my students in my high school class that I talk to, when we talk about the dangers of social media, about you know how to be smarter than your smartphone, they come back and a lot of them tell me how their parents are addicted their, to their phone. Or they, they feel like they're in competition with their parents. Well, if you've been getting the reputation from your kids that you're always on your phone, you're always on your phone, you need to change that reputation because you know what's going to happen? When they get a cell phone someday, or if they already have a cell phone someday, and you tell them get off the phone, they're going to look at you like you are a, wait for it, starts with an H, ends with an hypocrite. That's right, a hypocrite. Our reputation is extraordinarily important. For all you young boys out there in the dating realm, want to get people to like you, I get it if you want to brag, if you want to show off a little bit. I, I totally get that. It comes natural. However, if your reputation is that you're a cocky guy and that you always like to brag, then you're going to be limited to what types of people will be interested in you. You're going to be limited to the types of people you can date. If you're a girl, on the other hand, same thing. If you got a reputation of something that's not a positive thing that people have been nagging you about or people have been telling you they don't like about, uh, about your behavior or something like that, Pay close attention to what they're saying. Now, granted, they may not be saying it in the most helpful, kindest way, but think about it. Is there a pattern? Are a lot of people telling you that you're lazy, you're unmotivated, you're, um, and this is not for girls, just that was the last one I talked about was girls, but for any young person out there, if you get the reputation of people going, I can't depend upon them, I can't take them serious, for whatever reason, identify what that thing is and change it. That will be your Achilles heel, meaning that will be a weak spot for you the rest of your life. Because what happens is if you get older and you do not identify what are the things that have ruined your reputation, take it seriously and now do your best to change that reputation, which by the way, could take many, many days, weeks, or even years, especially if you have a bad reputation and you screwed something up really bad in the past. If that's the case, you have to know what exactly what you did, work on to change that reputation. You can't force people to look at you like you're a hero when you're acting like a victim. You can't force people to admire you. You can't force people to respect you. You will have to do things that garner the respect, that garners the respect, that garner the, the, the admiration. You have to do things that lets them know that, wow, you know, he screwed up last year, but man, he hasn't screwed up since then. And he's been doing a lot better. So maybe I better pay closer attention. Maybe I better take this kid seriously. I, I see this all the time with athletes that are wanting to get recruited by colleges. The colleges, the coaches, 
They don't just go, oh, that's a talented kid. Let's take him. They go, oh, that's a talented kid. Check the first box. Now let's dig a little bit deeper. They're going to call your coaches. They may even want to talk to your teachers. And if your coaches are like, oh, yeah, he's, he's really talented. He's amazing. So, okay, so is he a kid uh, that's the first person to do the workouts? Is he a kid that is a leader? Well, you know, you know, you know, he, he's kind of quiet or, you know, he doesn't really lead that much. And, you know, he's late a little bit, but, you know, he's a really good athlete. They're going to check a different box. May not be reliable. May not be a person that works in a team well. Everything that you do is being recorded by someone or something. And I don't just mean that as a joke. Is like your phones are recording your location and everything because that's, I don't want to get into that creepy thing. <laughs> Or when I say creepy thing, like first time I saw a notification, would you like this app to track you? I'm like, when was that on the table? When was that on the menu? When was that an option? But everyone is watching you. Your parents are watching. Your kids are watching you if you're a parent. Your teachers are watching. Your coaches are watching. Your friends are watching. Your employers are watching. Your potential employers are watching. You may have a neighbor that has a business that you really want to work for, but if they see you won't even do the chores or you'll only you know, shovel half the snow in your driveway and just leave and bail all the time and you go ask them for a job, eh, they may go, ah, you know, we're full. We don't have any, any more openings at this particular time. So guys, I want you guys to think about that and take it very seriously. But to help you remember what I'm saying, remember that saying as it goes, the best place to store your wealth is in your reputation. And what that means is do not play with your reputation like it's a game. It is not a joke. It is all you have. It is what people say and refer to as it is your word. The old saying, your word is your bond, means you will not break your word. If you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Now, in certain circumstances, I work with young people that say, well, I couldn't do it. Uh, something came up. I'll tell them, okay, well, since you couldn't show up to work that day, since you couldn't show up to practice, what did you do? Well, I just didn't go. Did you call your coach? Did you call your boss? No, I, I already knew I'd be in trouble. So I just kind of hope that, you know, they, they didn't realize I was there. Hmm, that's a good strategy. How's that working out? Well, my coach is benching me and my work is talking about firing me or, you know, give me a, give me a warning that could lead to being fired. So you guys be very, very careful to not mistake that no, to, to not make the mistake that no one's watching. People are always watching. If you build a reputation of someone that cannot be trusted, that is not a person of the word, like I said, even if you can't do something, call people and tell them you can't do it. Have the decency, I tell teenagers all the time, have a decency to take my class serious enough that you'll at least try to come up with a really good lie or, or excuse. When someone doesn't even have the decency to give me an excuse why they couldn't show up, why they couldn't do something, or didn't go out of their time to make an elaborate story, even if I know they're lying, I'm like, well, at least they took it serious enough where they thought it deserved to at least like come up with a good story. But when you don't apologize, when you don't come up with a good reason or try to plead your case, it's like, oh, whatever, I'll just ghost him. No, it's whatever. Well, then your reputation will be one of a person who people shouldn't spend their time, energy, and, and uh, money towards. And then when you're in trouble, when you're struggling, you'll be less likely to receive that help. You'll be less likely to receive that support. A lot of young people come to me and say, nobody cares about me. Nobody does these things for me or does things for me. 
And not all the time, but some of the time, I look at their efforts that they do to make other people's lives better than better in their lives. And sometimes it's pretty obvious that they do nothing to make their parents, their friends, and other people's lives better. They've been very self-centered, very self-focused. I have to have some hard conversations with young people in those in those situations. I got to tell them, "Hey, listen, I know you're sad, and I know that you know the the no one's there for you, and people aren't coming to your aid. But I have to let you know something." What have you done for them to make them feel like they should come to your aid? How do you offer some some sort of relief from their stress, their pain, their difficulties? Are you a person that's creating them more distress in their life? Or are you a person that's mostly removing it and bringing them happiness and, and giving them some sort of support? If you're the latter, people are going to show up for you. If you're the one before that, people, they may still show up for you, but they may just do it kind of like half-heartedly. They, you may not feel like they really want to be there to help you. So you guys take that information, use those nuggets in any way that you see fit or possible. And as always, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram on og.therapy. You can also follow me at David underscore K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I underscore on Instagram. On YouTube, we're just under OG Therapy. On all podcast platforms, we're OG Therapy. And if you did want to pay uh, $5 a month to support us, you can get two years of bonus content and also all these episodes, the video version of these episodes on a platform called Patreon. All you got to do is go to www.patreon.com backslash OG Therapy. Sign up, like I said, for $5. Get two years of extra bonus. And if you're one of those people like to just listen or watch the podcast that you're listening to like I do, um, you can watch the full episodes there. We don't have all of these full episodes right now up on YouTube, um, but we are putting old episodes up on YouTube. So if you want to go check us out on YouTube, you can do that as well. But until next time, remember you guys, when life's got you down, stressed out, freaked out, and you're down your knees saying, please, Lord, baby Jesus, Buddha, Allah, full grown Jesus, whatever you believe in, whoever you believe in, please help me, save me, save me, save me. I'm down on my knees begging. Just remember, all you got to do, press play, listen to your OGs. Until next time, be cool. Thank you.